Have you found yourself in a situation where you want to give yourself a pat on the back because you're so proud of how you acted? So last month, I arranged for two of our kids to have a dentist appointment at the same time. And the office had assured me they would both be able to be in chairs next to each other, you know, making the most efficient use of our time. We even got to the appointment early. I was sitting there. I was so excited because in front of me was one of those magazines that you think would be fun to look at, but you would never get a subscription to, like People. I'm looking around. Everybody in the office, I'm thinking, none of y'all are as organized as me. Some guy came in. He was like, I'm so sorry I'm late. I was stuck in traffic. I was like, I bet you were, buddy. I mean, I am just feeling awesome. And you can imagine, we waited for two and a half hours. How are y'all with waiting? I'm sure much more patient than me. I think it is remarkable that one of the ways that the Bible defines waiting is to be hopeful. To hope is to wait. We've been looking at how this word hope is used in Scripture for the past month, and we're going to continue doing that in May. But today, we're going to look at a particularly interesting way to define hope. And it comes from the prophet Isaiah. Let me give you a little bit of background on the prophet Isaiah. The first 39 chapters of this very long book, they have been nicknamed the book of judgment because they are describing a really difficult time in the life of the Israelites. See, up to this point that Isaiah was written, there was a key tension, but it was really just between their own people. So look at this first map. You'll see that it's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And these were the two areas that they fought between. But they were the same people. What they didn't realize is that for a thousand years, there was an empire that had been building strength to the east. And look at this next map. It started with the dark green and then years later, the lighter green, and years later, and it is looming for the people of Israel, the Assyrian Empire. We are going to look now, knowing that the scripture that we're reading today, this is their context. The Assyrian Empire is invading. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, I thank you that your word transcends time. I thank you that it speaks depending on not our, our, whether we hear it, but it speaks in all places, in all times, to all people. And so we pray, God, that your spirit that is within each of us that is in this place, that we would hear what that word is for us today and that it might give us Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Here, here we will read from the book of Isaiah. Bind up the testimony. Seal the teaching among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will hope in him. See, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and portents in Israel from the Lord of hosts, who dwells on Mount Zion. Now, if people say to you, 
consult the ghosts and the familiar spirits that chirp and mutter. Should not a people consult their gods, the dead, on behalf of the living for teaching and for instruction? Surely those who speak like this will have no dawn. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. When they are hungry, they will be enraged and will curse their king and their gods. They will turn their faces upward or they will look to the earth but will see only distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into the thick darkness. This is the word of the Lord. The situation for these people in southern Israel is dire. Destruction and suffering are at their doorstep. There really is nothing they can do to gain control. It appears as if life is falling apart. So what do they do? Are they the type that dig their heels in because, by golly, we do not lose? Or are they the type that throw up their hands in complete and utter despair? God has left us. The prophet Isaiah offers to us a different way for us to be hopeful in a dire situation, but it doesn't seem like the normal answer. He says we are to wait. Hope for a prophet like Isaiah, it didn't mean to long for an escape out of the present. The professor Kenyatta Gilbert at Howard, this is what he says prophetic hope was like. Hope meant trusting that even in this present reality, as awful as it is, God is still at work. And therefore, we will have hope. The prophet Isaiah says, the Lord, I will wait for the Lord and I will hope in him. But before we associate waiting and hope with having to wait in a doctor's office, I want to make sure you know that that's not what scripture means waiting to be. Waiting, according to scripture, doesn't mean to sit still, passively, and to do nothing. You know all those times during practices, whether you're an athlete or a musician, and then you took a break. You took a break to go get water, and you're standing around looking at each other. This is not the most effective type of waiting or recovery. Research has continued to show that the most effective type of recovery for power output and for endurance performance is called active recovery. So this means if, you, if you're running a sprint, instead of standing there, leaning down on your hands and knees or putting your hands above your head, you should actually keep jogging at a lower pace. It's more effective if your recovery is active. You see, this speaks to us as people of faith because I think sometimes when we're in those waiting period, we just stop. Isaiah offers for us two ways to wait actively so that we can live into being this people of hope. The first thing he says, he says, bind up the testimony, seal the teaching. Isaiah reminds us that when we wait, we do not wait alone. We wait with God's word as our guide. The psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. To wait actively is first to seek out God's direction 
in God's word. Now I know all of us probably have semi-legitimate excuses for why we don't engage in God's word daily. I have them too. But one of the best reasons to engage in the word of God is because I believe it is one of the best conversation partners for your life. As you read the stories of scripture, it becomes clear that it is our story as well. And even if a situation that you are experiencing isn't exactly as it is in scripture, what you see is, is the character that God desires for us to have based on how it is lived out in scripture. I know that one of the hardest things when approaching scripture is where to begin. And then the second thing is making it a habit. Well, thanks be to God that there are people who have made it their life's mission to create devotionals. I remember thinking Oswald Chambers was genius because he created my utmost for his highest devotional, and, and you could read it in less than five minutes. Did you know that there are dozens of one-minute devotionals available to us now? All of us can spare one minute. You can sign up and get a devotional texted to your phone every morning or put in your inbox every morning. Our librarians have done extra work this week, and they have accumulated all of these amazing devotionals for you if you want to get one after the service. They'll be available outside. And so I say this because, y'all, time and accessibility, they can't be our excuses anymore for not engaging with the Word of God. And this is the thing. The prophet starts there, and then he warns us. That's what prophets did. He warns us of the temptation to seek something else when we are in our time of waiting. And this is what he says. Now, if people say to you, consult the ghosts and the familiar spirits that chirp and mutter. That image of a voice chirping and muttering in my ear is all too familiar. Consider what happens when you notice a bird chirping. It was so ironic. During the outdoor service at 9.30, there was this bird just chirping nonstop. When you hear the bird chirping, your attention is drawn to it. Consider being in a room or at a dinner table and two people begin to murmur to themselves under their breath. It distracts you from the person talking when we find ourselves in a waiting period, what chirps and mutters do we consult? Do we pay attention to? Because I know in my life, it is all too easy for me just to reach out to my friend Google to give me an answer because it's immediate. I can in my kitchen ask Siri and she will tell me what I need to do. But these things, they do not offer living hope. As people of faith, we must actively wait by seeking out guidance from God's word. But that's not it. Isaiah tells us to consider another thing as we wait in hope because to be in relationship with God, we are part of a beloved community of faith to wait with us. For Isaiah, he realizes this in his own life. He tells us that 
He and his two sons will be signs and portents for hope for the people of Israel. These children, even in this present reality, although it seems awful, remind him that God is still at work. Sometimes the only way to wait in hope is to have someone to wait with you. One of my good friends gave me permission to share this story. In the fall of 2019 through the spring of 2020, he went through training to become a Stephen minister. And he was finished in about May. And May passed by and he wasn't paired with anyone. And then June passed by and he wasn't paired with anyone. And then in July, he received his first match with a care receiver. And this is somebody that the Stephen minister just agrees to walk alongside during a particularly difficult time. Now, my friend knew at the beginning, all of these meetings, remember, this is at the height of COVID, all of these meetings were going to have to be on Zoom. So all he knows about this man that has reached out needing someone is that he has just suddenly lost his 39-year-old son of a tragic death. He's never met him before. So he shows up to Zoom that first time. He introduces himself. And then for the rest of the 30 minutes, all the man could do was cry. He offers a prayer for him at the end. And then he's assuming that's it. And he says, do you want to meet again next week? He says, yes. And it goes on like this for six months. Two grown men on Zoom where one cannot even articulate what he is feeling. All he can do is cry. And my friend just sat there and listened to him. And after about six months, he finally started to talk, saying things like, he was my best friend. I've lost my son and my best friend. And so I asked my friend last week, I said, how is he doing now? Because the anniversary of the death is in June of this year. And he said, he's going to be all right. He has reached a point where he can laugh again. And I told my friend, I said, you realize you were the portent. You were the sign of hope for him that just showed up every week. Your words mattered nothing. He didn't need your words. He just needed your presence. I pray that all of you have someone to wait with you in hope. And if you are going through a particularly difficult time, or even just kind of a valley, I want you to know we have amazing Stephen ministers who would love to walk with you, and they don't have to talk at all. You see, part of being a person of faith and being a follower of Christ is that we do not have to go at this difficult thing called life alone. I know so many of you are in these waiting periods right now. Some of you are waiting just to figure out where you're going to go to college. Some of you are waiting on your child to make the decision about where they're going to go to college. Some of you are waiting on test results. Some of you are waiting on your young adult child to finally get married. Some are waiting for a companion to live the rest of their life with. And some of you are just waiting for God to tell you what you're supposed to do next in life at this age. Isaiah offers to us that we don't have to go through this waiting period in distress 
that we can actively wait, that we can trust that even in the present circumstance, as awful as it is, we will wait with a God who is at work. And we can actively wait with the word of God as our guide and our community of faith as our companions. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.